Hello and welcome to Mavsplained, where every single day of the week we dive deep into a Mavs topic. It could be anything. It could be news. It could be history. It could be a trend. Or it could be kind of going behind the scenes of some of the things we're doing in the organization. And that's what we're going to be doing today. My name is Bobby Corella. I'm from Mavs Digital. And joining me today is one of my coworkers. You might not know him personally, but you definitely know his work, especially if you uh, if you subscribe to the Dallas Mavs YouTube channel. Uh, or if you follow us on Instagram or on Twitter or anywhere, which I suspect you do if you're able to find this podcast. Uh, so you're very familiar with his work. His name is Jonathan Lim. Jonathan is in his second season with the Mavs. And before he joined the organization, he was actually an accountant by trade. He was working at PricewaterhouseCoopers, uh, balancing the books for all of us. So uh, he might have saved you some money on his tax return. And then he made you some of the best and most, uh, most, most awesome video content that really there is in the NBA. And uh, that's what I wanted to talk about with you today, Jalen. So uh, what's up? How are you doing? Good. Thank you for the uh, awesome introduction. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. This is, this is really weird because I'm usually behind the scenes and like filming you and actually watching you do the podcast with someone else. Yeah, so Jalen is, uh, if you've ever seen videos of like me and Skin or me and Micah, really, I mean, pretty much the entire Mavs YouTube channel is Jalen stuff or game highlights. Um, so you've been behind the camera for a lot of different things. And uh, so I'm, I'm sure you have a lot of stories. We're going we're gonna to try and get into some of them. But yeah, this is the first time that you've really been like the subject of anything, hasn't it? Yeah, very uncomfortable. Uncomfortable? <laughs> That's, a, that's an insult to me as a host. You're supposed to say, no, I feel right at home. I feel right at home. No, yeah, I mean, that's why I usually prefer being behind the camera and behind the mic rather than in front of it. But you seem to do very well in front of it, so. Well, it's good to know that you're telling me this only after we've started the podcast. So I'm, I'm very confident where this is going to go. Uh, so, uh, so today, Jalen, we're going to be talking about uh, primarily uh, Sounds from the Baseline, which is a video series. If you're not familiar with it out there, um, you, you have to go check it out. I mean, like seriously, pause the podcast and go watch the most recent episode or something. It's on our YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash Dallas Mavs. There's an entire playlist. There's been probably what, I, 12 or 13 episodes, I think, this season? Yes. Uh, we started the series last year, but it was called something else. It was called Full Court Press. And then we, well, I ended up changing the name to Sounds from the Baseline. Uh, so essentially, we called it Full Court Press, and it was supposed to be kind of like a docu-series documenting the Dallas Mavericks as a team. And the next season, I kind of got burnt out trying to do narrative work, and so I renamed it to Sounds from the Baseline. And it was literally just supposed to be raw sound of the players talking and that type of stuff. It wasn't. It wasn't supposed to be narrative at all because I was trying to kind of move away. That way, I can kind of crank these out a lot faster as soon as like the game ended or something. But then eventually, I kind of got that itch to do more narrative work again, and so it turned back into full court press. But with, it's with a different name now. It's with a different name. So it's like a totally new show. Uh, yeah. If if you have seen it, then you obviously know what we're talking about. If you have not seen it before. Um, Sounds from the baseline is typically focused around like one or maybe two games. Uh, sometimes like the, the narrative arc of that episode uh, spans multiple games, but typically it's going to be like 
Mavs versus Lakers or Mavs at Bucks, or it's just going to be like one single game. Um, and then kind of like the, the state of the team heading into that game. Um, but, it, but if someone has not seen the episode, what is a better way to sum up what the show is about than what I just said? The show is pretty consistent throughout every episode because the re- because what the players do are is pretty routine and I think they want it to be as routine as possible. So it'll eventually go through, you know, Rick Carlisle talking about um, at practice who showed up and how they did. And then it'll go into the players arriving and kind of just how the game day operates and what the storyline is going into that game. And then it'll end with essentially post game and just kind of like a recap of what happened during that game. Yeah, so typically it's going to be what 10, 15 minutes kind of in and out, but uh, it's the it's the quality of it that really I think makes it stand out from your other stuff. I mean, everybody has probably seen uh, the NBA films or NFL films. Uh, I guess it's NBA Entertainment. Um, kind of recaps of like when the Mavs went to the finals in 2011 where you have these real like cinematic shots of guys walking into the building and kind of giving you a different look of the action on the floor and that's sounds from the baseline you're talking about like the original idea of the show was literally to just have camera shots from the baseline because um, you're starting to travel this season and you have a, a spot on the baseline at home too and so generally you're able to catch shots of games that people otherwise really couldn't see on TV because we only see it from like this broadcast angle and maybe one or two replays um yeah that's exactly right yeah i kind of wanted to show the fans you know angles that you wouldn't normally see as a uh you know being in the crowd so basically essentially you know in the locker room courtside um the tunnel before they walk out you know it's just a bunch of shots that you would you would normally never see as a fan Mm-hmm. But I, for one, am happy, even if it does mean that you have to put in a lot more work. I, for one, am happy that you made the choice to kind of expand it and, and uh, you know, go beyond just kind of a game recap because what this has turned into is a lot of work for you, but also a really good chronicle of the season. I mean, you could, if, if you have not watched a single Mavs game this year, or maybe if you, whatever, you were on vacation in December and so you missed five games or something, you can go back and watch the entire series from start to finish and really feel like you have a deep and thorough understanding, not only of just the Mavs important players, you know, who's starting, obviously Luke and KP are good and all that stuff. And you go into all of that, but also like little stories that pop up throughout the season, like JJ coming back from injury or Tim Hardaway going from, uh, you know, potential sixth man kind of like peripheral player to like, significant contributor just like that I mean overnight basically and um, so I'm I'm very happy that you started to, to branch it out a little bit but um, when, whenever you set out to make an episode again typically it's around like one game and so uh, if you're traveling with the team whatever like for example one of the episodes that you made uh, right before the uh, the hiatus began was we were down in Houston for one night and uh, so you turned that into an episode but what are kind of the if, for somebody who's interested in sports videography or just making movies in general, what is kind of like your your process? Because as not only the 
the, the shooter, you're also kind of the director, the producer, editor, everything. Uh, what is kind of your, your uh, creative process whenever you set out to make an episode? What are you looking for before the camera starts rolling? Yeah, so I haven't been doing this for very long, so I don't really know the answer to that either. But from my experience, it's usually, I usually go to people who are very ingrained within the storylines of what I'm filming. So instead of me having to work to create the story myself, I go to people who are, you know, are already knowledgeable of that storyline. So I go to the writers, like, you know, you, of course, uh, I would go to some of our other writers to see what the main storylines are. And then I just kind of, you know, you, you know the process. I ask you, you know, what are the main storylines that are happening right now? Who should I focus on? Or certain things that you know the average fan might not know about that you do to and then I'll just kind of slowly expand on that and then look out for that type of stuff when we are traveling or you know at home it does kind of seem though like I don't know almost freaky that sometimes the the topics that you're hitting on in the episode and obviously this is like some movie magic but like the episode about Tim there were a lot of highlights of Tim in that video too. And so like going into the episode, do you kind of know what to be looking for or is it really just you kind of take what happens on the floor and you take what you get uh, from, you know, the people that you're, that you're talking to, that you're asking questions to and just slap it together or like, how, how does the, how does that whole thing work? Yeah. I mean, it's a little bit of a mix of both. I've been trying to be more selective about what I shoot um, just because it's a lot easier once the games are over to kind of go through what you have and know like what to pull. But um, if, you, if you really don't know what the storyline is, you basically have to shoot everything and then at the end of the day, just go through everything and then pull out what's necessary. But when you do know what the storyline is, you tend to just focus your camera on that subject that day and usually it turns out to be you know pretty good stuff but sometimes when a per like a like a player that's not performing well and that's who i'm doing a story on i usually go back into the archives and look for certain games where they did perform well and use that footage instead of you know what happened that day mm. well our guys always play well jaylen so uh so you don't have to do that very often yeah yeah right yeah um so i'm obviously a little biased because i was in the episode that I'm about to talk about in kind of this uh, it became sort of a montage that was <coughs> not even a, a montage. I don't know what the technical word is. You can explain it better than I can, but um, it was whenever we were in, might've even been in Houston. Um, this was like early to mid, late January, early February, somewhere in there. Um, and uh, this was at a time when Luca got hurt and uh, this was just right after Kobe had passed away. And this was kind of a – KP had come back, but Dwight uh, Powell ruptured his Achilles like the same night. And so there's all of this like really heavy stuff happening around the team. And uh, so basically what we did is you just came to my room in Houston, put a camera in front of my face, and you basically just said like talk about what's happening right now. And uh, so I just talked for like, I don't know, seven hours and you were able to cut it down to the, the best, you know, two or three minutes. And it became this very powerful um, kind of, uh, I don't know, monologue or something, voiceover of, of this video footage of 
struggle and tragedy and triumph and like just this you were able to really kind of depict the roller coaster of an NBA season uh, and sum it up in like two minutes. And, and uh, that to me is probably like, I don't know, that that's something that you can only convey um, in a video. You know, I host a podcast. You can't really talk about it on, I mean, you can talk about it on a podcast, but you can't show it, you know, and you can show it on a broadcast, but in a game it happens so fast that, you know, you can't really take time to like, to let it sit and really let people think about it. And so uh, that visual medium, I, I feel like you used it really well. But anyway, this is a very long-winded way of saying that that moment for me is personally my favorite of the series this season. Uh, but what I'm wondering from, from you is what are some of your favorite or most memorable uh, moments or edits or, or just any, any, any pieces of footage or especially ones that you had to like edit, not just like a, a simple shot of a, really cool move that Luca pulled off or something. What are some of the highlights of the series uh, in your opinion? Yeah. So the moment that you were describing was probably actually my favorite episode as well, because there's just so much that happened during that period. And even though some of it is tragic as a, as a storyteller, that's something that I really enjoy piecing together just because there was so much going on and you have to, you know, summarize everything within such a short, short time span because people's attention spans are so small nowadays that you have to try to cram as much as you can within a short space of time. But uh, one of my favorite moments wasn't actually from this year, but it was from last year. It was uh, Dirk's, you know, last home game. And that, that was just crazy for me because I grew up watching the Mavs, I'm sure like you. And so to be able to document Dirk's last season and his last home game and his last away game, it, it was just one of those moments that, like, you know, I really cherish as uh, going into the second season. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's all good stuff, man. And, I mean, there, there are others, too. There are, there are moments from this season, just, like, really small things. Like, I, I really liked uh, – this was at New Orleans – probably, I don't know, in December, I think. So it might be like episode five or episode six. It was pretty early on uh, where Jalen and Dwight are walking down the hallway to go out to the floor. And uh, there's like three or four security guards, you know, just some people like sort of like loitering in the halls. And Dwight jumps up like he's going to like pretend to hit the door or something. And he, and he pretends to hit his face on the on like the door frame. And, and Jalen is laughing about it. Obviously, I'm sure they do that all the time. Just the faces on all these people that are sitting around, they're like looking so concerned. And then Dwight just like keeps going like nothing even happened. Um, little moments like that behind the scenes that none of us would ever see otherwise. That, that always really stands out to me too. Uh, just kind of like the small stuff in the hallway. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it seems like the more I'm around the players, the more they feel comfortable being in front of it. Because when I started here, like, I don't think they were comfortable with having a camera around them, recording them. And I wasn't very comfortable doing that either, just because I felt that I was really invading their, you know, their private space, you know, behind the walls, away from the fans. But, um, you know, as I continue, it seems like they've gotten more comfortable with it. And I feel like they can trust me to post and not post certain aspects of, you know, behind the scenes. Um, and yeah. So what you're saying is you're best friends with all those guys. Basically. Yes. <laughs> Uh, 
so what's been, um, you've been with the team now for two years, and I think this is your first year traveling. You might have gone to a couple games last year on the road, right? But this is your first year where you're going to most of these games? Yeah, uh, we started traveling mid-season last year because I guess they, I guess management wanted more footage of Dirk's last season. And so they sent us out mid-season. It was um, a videographer, a photographer, and then social media, of course. And then we just constantly grabbed content of Dirk, you know, in case he was going to retire that season. Mm. So what are then some of the... Um... I don't know, what's, what's some of the, your favorite places that you've been? I guess I don't, I don't need to really dress this question up. Just what, what's, what are some of the cool arenas to shoot in? Uh, what's, what's, your, I don't, what's your favorite place to go? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure like you, you have a criteria when it comes to judging um, a stadium. Um, I kind of listed out some of my favorite criteria, and the number one was the media dining food. Yeah. I feel like <laughs> media dining really you know, determines whether or not you're going to like the stadium. Uh, the second one was, you know, easy access from the court to the media room, just because um, we are constantly offloading all of our footage and photos. And so getting from the court to the media room was kind of a big, you know, factor when I decide whether or not I really like it. Um, but my favorite so far was it would probably have to be, you know, either like Orlando or... Miami, honestly, even though they're not, you know, very good teams, but I really enjoy their stadiums for some reason. Orlando serves soft pretzels, which I think is awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, and Miami, it does. I mean, they're they're pretty good this year, but uh, it, it gets pretty loud in that building if uh, when when the team is good and if they're playing well and everything. And and for you, um, I'm assuming that it was it was Slovenia night whenever you were there, right? This year and last year, both was it was probably packed. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, there's also those like iconic stadiums like, you know, Madison Square Garden, Staples Center. And I don't, I don't you've been to the new Chase Center before, right? Is that uh, that's the Warriors Arena? Yeah, the new Warriors Arena. Yeah, that, that one was a really nice one. Yeah. Yeah, it's very nice. Um, so you're a one man video crew. And uh, there, there are a lot of other, I mean, there's 30 NBA teams and there's 30 YouTube channels and a lot of these, a lot of us do kind of similar things, you know, and uh, one of the, one of the most popular, I guess, team uh, docu-series is what the Raptors do. I think it's, I forget what theirs is called, but um, it's, I think it's Open Gym. Open Gym, that's right. Okay. And uh, it's very good and it's very successful, but they also have like 6,000 people uh, working for them and and you're just a one-man team so how how long does it take from the time you set out to make an episode to the time you release it I mean how, what what is your what is your creative process from start to finish yeah that's kind of evolved as I've continued to do this but uh, most of the time is trying to find, you know, sound bites and trying to create that storyline. Um, that way, you know, I know exactly what I'm looking for and I know exactly what to shoot and what pieces I need and what pieces I already have. And so I usually start off by, you know, gathering sound bites that will help tell that topic that, you know, we're trying to tell. And then after that is kind of finding certain shots and certain scenes that fit well with 
with what exactly those sound bites are talking about. And then you obviously have to shoot stuff from the game. So that's, you know, two, two and a half hours of footage and uh, try to get good shots of it too. I know it can be tough sometimes, like whatever, if we're shooting at the opposite basket or if we swing it to the corner and Tim Hardaway is about to shoot this wide open three, but then like the ref's butt is in the way. So uh, <laughs> I'm sure you have to, you have to dig through probably a lot of stuff to find the, the shots that are, you know, good enough, clean enough to, to make it into the final product. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so if it's okay with you, uh, I would like to talk a little bit about your personal journey, like the, the most ins- inspirational uh, way possible. But um, before you started working for us, like you, you said at the beginning of this episode, like you haven't been doing this for very long. Uh, you joined us last year. Uh, the beginning of the 2018-19 season, right around then. And before that, you were an accountant, and you did that for a few years. And and there are a lot of people, I mean, there's a, a bajillion people that want to work in sports. And, uh, you know, many of them are, like, just now graduating college, and, and so they're, you know, young and, and, and uh, you know, hungry and everything. But there are a lot of people that are probably like you were, right, that have a day job already, that are doing something. Maybe they're an accountant. Maybe they're a teacher. Uh, before I started working here, I was a fireworks, I was a pyrotechnician. Um, so what made you kind of want to, uh, I don't sacrifice like the comfort of a job, you know, a very, like a, a, a job that is, you know, it's, it's well-paying and everything, uh, made you want to, you know, leave that, uh, part of your life behind and, and go all in on sports and, and try and make it work. Yeah, so this is, this is a question I get a lot, especially when um, I tell them that I went from being an accountant to, you know, working as a video guy for the Mavs. And it, it's been a crazy journey because it started, it first started when uh, my fiance bought me my first GoPro about five years ago. And I would just make these really, you know, dumb home videos just, you know, for my personal reasons, just to keep it and have like memories of it. Yeah, it was just, I was just so miserable as an accountant. And so um, I would do freelance videography for, you know, um, artists that would kind of come into Dallas. I send a cold call email or a, a DM through their Instagram to their managers. And I would just send out like hundreds of these, hoping that, you know, one of them would reply and sure were you all self-taught i mean you didn't did you do any of this stuff in like college or high school or anything or did it all just start with the gopro no it all started from a gopro and i eventually kind of bought like um, a dslr camera that was a little bit better than a gopro and sure enough these managers wanted to promote their you know artists as well so they would let me come through backstage and let me just kind of create like a recap for all of their shows and that's kind of where it all started dude that's awesome man I never knew that. Um, yeah. So then you you were just kind of miserable, and I, I guess the 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 first event that you did with us was Dirk's Heroes game, right? Yeah. So that one started. Um, I sent Steve Shavera, um, our Dallas Mavericks photographer, a, a cold DM, and it just so happened that day that there was nobody available to create a recap for that event. And so Steve said, yeah, come on out and just shoot something for us. And so I took that opportunity and then um, 
I showed up, shot a recap for it, and then sent it to them. And I guess Steve liked it enough where he recommended me to HR. Dude, you shot your shot and, uh, and it followed through. I think that's awesome. I mean, like, again, there are so many people that want to work in sports and there's so many talented people like you that just weren't or aren't. And, uh, you know, our, the boss man's phrase that he always says is the one thing in life that we can control is effort. And so you're willing to, to put yourself out there and, and work hard and make it happen. So I think that's really like a, I don't know if you want to be like an inspiration to people or something, but I think it's really cool. I mean, I, I genuinely, it's, it's, it's very cool that you were willing to, to put yourself out there and take a risk and make it happen. Yeah. I mean, it, so I, I'm pretty sure I've told you this, but it got to the point where uh, I ended up quitting PwC uh, before I got a final confirmation from the Mavs that I, I'd, I'd gotten the job. And the only reason that happened was because I guess there was a miscommunication between um, HR and me uh, and uh, Jonathan Kornbluth, uh my manager. Um, I guess he had thought H had, had already sent, um, I guess, a packet to me to sign over. And but I ha I didn't know that, so I was without a job for about a week or two, you know, not knowing whether or not I had gotten the job after I had quit. <laughs> yeah, I know, but everything worked out. So yeah, yeah, no, that's funny. And this is obviously like, you know, nothing personal toward PwC or any accounting firm or anything. I mean, it's just you know, there's some things that it just is not a very good fit with people. You know what I mean? Or or whatever. Like it's you know. For, for sure. I mean, I think I just try to convince myself for so long in college that like I actually enjoyed accounting, but I think it was more of like a safe haven and a safe way for me to, you know, just kind of make an earning and live life without having to worry about, you know, losing my job even, in, you know, within a downturn or something. So I just, it was kind of like a safe option, but I knew I was going to be miserable if, if, if someone was listening to this podcast that wants to get into videography, cinematography, um, editing, anything, um, any, anything having to do with video and, uh, you know, maybe they have a little talent, maybe they don't, maybe they're just curious. Um, what would you kind of recommend to them? How, how would you recommend they get started and, and any tips or advice that you have for them? Yeah. I mean, I was talking with, uh, one of our other coworkers, Julian, the other day that, you know, camera equipments have gotten so good for so cheap nowadays that equipment nowadays isn't the reason why you can't tell a good story it's if you have a good story you can still have a great you know video with you know your basic dslr camera at the end of the day no, no one goes to the movie theaters to see very pretty pictures they go to the theaters you know to watch an actual story develop and yeah, I, I would recommend if you have a nice story, just go out and shoot it with your phone because at the end of the day, people care about the story more than what it looks like. Definitely. What is, uh, what is before we get out of here, what's something that hasn't happened yet or something that, um, just something that kind of like excites you, something that you could film one day or, or an event or a place or something? What's, what's the next big thing that you're really looking forward to uh, to? producing and making for us and sharing with us? I mean, being at the Mavs, of course, the end goal is kind of document the the path to the championship. 
I'm, that's why I'm really disappointed that in 2011, we, there's not much like behind the scenes footage of that, that season, because I'm sure everyone would love to know the grind that those guys went through to get to that, you know, that platform at the very end of it. So, Unfortunately, that, it happened that, like right before teams are really starting to build out their digital staff, you know? Exactly. Like they could so, off like two or three more years. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That, that's why, you know, that's why I, start, I wanted to start this early and kind of get the kinks out of trying to put out a docuseries for the Mavs because, you know, eventually I, I do want to, you know, document that path to the championship and show what exactly went into that season when we won the uh you know the championship so mm -hmm. well hopefully it's next year or heck even this year you know oh yeah, we'll make yeah. It work. but uh mm -hmm. yeah it's uh hopefully it's coming soon at some point uh is there anything else that you want to uh talk about or hit on before we get out of here uh, i think we hit on pretty much everything yeah was that the best so let me ask you this was that the best interview that you've ever been a part of as the subject. Yeah, it's probably the only interview I've been involved in, so. But was it the best one? I mean, by default. So it was the best one? Yeah, basically. Yes! Success, awesome. Uh, okay, he is Jonathan Lim. You can find him, what, Jonathan J. Lim, I believe is your Twitter handle, although you've never tweeted. Um, so I guess if you really wanna support J. Lim or follow more of his work, just subscribe to the Mavs YouTube channel. Uh, oh, um, if you could ask your followers what they would like to see more of within the behind the scenes, that would be great. Ah, yeah, for sure. Well, tweet what you want to see more of behind the scenes to Jalen at Jonathan J. Lim. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's the man with the camera. So he's, his job is literally to follow these guys around. And so if there's ever anything that you really want to know more about or uh, any kind of behind the scenes stuff or action stuff that you want to see more of, definitely let us know. Um, and, and Jay Lim and our video team, we've, we've really built it out a lot. And there's a lot of really talented people that are working, uh, are, are working with us these days. So uh, we'll try and make it happen. But, uh, but yeah, subscribe to the Mavs YouTube channel. Um, check out Times for the Baseline. It really is. It's, it's so awesome. And uh, again, if you don't know where to find it, it's on YouTube. I believe we posted several of those episodes to, uh, um, IGTV, I believe as well. And so, and so you could find it, you can find it anywhere. Even Cuban has tweeted out a link a couple times. So, uh, Jalen is all over the place, even though you might not know him. Well, you know him now, but even though you might not have known him before, you've known his work for a very long time. So, uh, thank you for joining us, Jalen. Really appreciate it. Okay. And, uh, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, that's it for today's episode of Mavs Splained. We will be back with you tomorrow. See ya.